Hey, good evening, top fans. Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here with another clubhouse, another episode, and another a new voice for you with a different team. I want to introduce my friend Nick. Nick, how are you this evening? I'm doing good, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. You come highly recommended, and, and this will be fun. Now, we haven't had uh, this team, and I'm going to save it for a second. Because top fans, you know what I'm going to say. First thing I'm going to say is go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like us on Facebook, go on Instagram and Twitter and follow us. Also, if you go onto the top10rivalry.com website and you click onto the team store, we have a discount code for you that is called Throw. And so if you go on there, you'll get 10% off. We not only have the uh, the red and blue hats, but now we have um, charcoal on gray and navy on navy. And the navy on navy is pretty awesome. So go take a look at it. Uh, top10rivalry.com, enter discount code throw and you'll get 10% off. Now, enough of the commercials. Nick didn't care. come on to hear my commercials. Let's talk some baseball. Nick, who's your favorite team? Oh, it's got to be the San Diego Padres. Been a San fan my whole life. It's the uh, the uh, Slam Diego Padres? Is that what you said? Uh, oh, yes. The there Slam you go. Diego he's Padres. got the shirt on top dance. <laughs> he's got the shirt. You're not going to see it because we're on a podcast, but he's got the shirt on. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. So, okay, so we're starting to get the National League West covered. This is awesome. So tell me about an experience either as a kid or recent that made you a fan of the Padres. Uh, well, I kind of have both. Uh, when I was a kid, I was five years old in 1998 uh, when the Padres went to the World Series. Uh, we're not going to mention uh, a sweep or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But just, yeah, growing up uh, as a kid in the city, uh, watching that team, Tony Gwynn, Greg Vaughn, Kevin Brown, all those big names. Uh, it basically forced it. I was going to be a Padre fan. Nothing was going to stop me. I remember crying when the World Series ended without the Padres winning a game. But then in more recent, uh, I was lucky enough to get to 2019's opening day, uh, where that was Tatis's first day in the bigs, and we got to see his first base hit. And being a Padre fan, the stadium wasn't always full, but opening day, that it was a full house, crowd was rocking, and it was the start of the new chapter of the Padres. And it was a great to be a part of. So Utah fans, if you guys haven't been down to Petco, or if you're listening to this on the East Coast, put Petco on your bucket list of places to go. It is a phenomenal stadium. Um, there's plenty to do. They built it. An entire community basically around there. Great food, great entertainment, great ballpark. So, if you haven't been down to, to Petco, it's one of my places that I'll go to and watch a Dodger game because Utah fans know that I'm a, a fan of the Dodgers. So that's that's good. So okay, so now we're going to do this in two segments. Who is your let's call it your favorite player of all time, maybe, and then who's your current favorite player? Um, now, if, understand if you mention if you don't mention a Padre at least in one of these categories, I might correct you because there's a a pretty big bat uh, for the Padres. But I'll you first, you first. Yeah. Uh, so all time, my favorite player was Tony Gwynn. Uh, I really looked up to him. His very methodical approach to the plate, and he was actually one of the first players to institute just going back and watching films, studying the tapes watching his swing, watching how pitchers were attacking him. And uh, a lot of things I like to hear about are interviewers who just talked about how nice he was. And 
So that not only shaped when I did play, how I played as a player, but it also shaped how I interacted with other people. Yeah. But what about current player? Favorite current player? Uh, as a Padre fan, if I don't say Tatis, uh, I'm probably going to get attacked all over social media. <laughs> so as a Padre fan, it's 100% Tatis Jr. Uh, right. If I had to pick outside of the Padres, I would have to go with Shohei Otani, just for how big he is for baseball right now internationally and just the historic season he had last year it was amazing yeah yeah some some folks are are you know have approached me on and offline and said we're going to need a guy like Shohei to do what he's going to do again if we keep canceling games the 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 brand of the MLB is going to hurt and they're going to need something like a Shohei to do what you know what he's done or um yeah, and I, you know, I agree with you. He's fun to watch. That's there's no joke. Um, yeah. Why Tatis? And I, I get it, but, but you tell me why Tatis. Uh, he's he's always exciting to watch, whether he's on the field or taking an at bat. Uh, George Brett from the Royals. I remember seeing him talk about Bo Jackson when he was up to bat. You didn't go and go to the bathroom in the locker room or go down to the dugout you stood and watched and having watched pretty much every game Tatis has been in since he started he's one of those players where he could do something exciting at any moment whether it's a great defensive play and I'll admit he has to work on the throws a little bit whether it's his base running with his electric steals or with if it's his bat whether it's just ripping the ball down the line or knocking it over the fence he's always doing something amazing he is, and as as a Dodger fan, and seeing that big contract that he got when he went down with what was it a back injury or something like that? Yeah, I was nervous for you guys. I'm like, guys, this is your franchise player, and he just went down. Yeah. Oh. 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 Tell me, yeah. you weren't as long as nervous as the long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs at that point? Oh, I was nervous, especially since that injury, and then the year before. Uh, with the slide at second in Washington yep. where he did a full split and he got hurt there. I was yep. like, Oh, please, please don't, don't do this to me. Well, that, you know, just as a side note, that makes me think, I mean, how's he going to do when he's in his mid thirties? Yeah. Right. It doesn't I, matter that he's 22 or 23. Now <laughs> these injuries, how's it going to affect him in his mid thirties? I think he's doing amazing things right now, but as awful as it sounds to say, I think eventually he's going to reach a point where he's going to have to be like, I need to cool it a little bit rather than go up to 11, take it down to nine. And he's still going to be amazing. I think he's absolutely going to go down as one of the best players ever. And definitely in one of the best Padres ever. But if he keeps pushing too hard, eventually he's going to stall out in his thirties. Yeah. The, the universal designated hitter helps him. It, it helps him. It help. I mean, I could name off a dozen guys that Cody Bellinger is going to help in his career. We'll get to see Albert Pujols again, right? Why wouldn't the Cardinals sign him right. <laughs> again? Let him re, you know, return yeah. to St. Louis. You know, he's only like ninety-eight home runs away from Barry Bonds. So why not let him let him try it, right? Right. Yeah. Or some Dodger fans like to say, "Barry, I swear I didn't take steroids, but my head Bonds." <laughs> 
I remember being really little and seeing him in Qualcomm Stadium where the Padres used to play. He just he was giant. <laughs> That's massive. He was massive. And you mentioned Bo Jackson in excitement. I remember standing next to Bo Jackson in 1986 or 87. 86, because he made the all-star team in 86. He was at Anaheim Stadium there. The uh, Royals were playing there. And I was he was playing catch down the first baseline, and we had really good seats, and we were like right on the first baseline, enough where I could yell, whoa, and he would turn around. And I was looking at his legs, and my dad goes, his legs are bigger than my arms. I mean, he just had these massive legs. And, yeah, yeah he was just – force to be But Tatis is one of the game's thrillers. There's there's a few guys that, that make the game fun, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, right? I would say him, Juan Soto, Otani. Uh, Trout, you don't hear too much about Trout, but if you don't respect that he's one of the best players in the game, mm-hmm. then you're it's not, not paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. I would say Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Not to put them in the same category, but Javier Baez is fun to watch because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, he oh, stole yeah. first base for the love of elevation this year <laughs> and second on the same play. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, it was in Tatis's rookie year. Uh, after do after tagging up on a pop flight to second base in Pittsburgh, MLB Network did a special, and they said they compared Javi Javi Baez and Tatis, and I can't remember who it was, but he basically said they're both exciting, but he thinks Tatis has more skills. Yeah, I gotta tell you, the name Fernando Tatis gives PTSD to every Dodger fan. Yes. You know why? Oh, yeah. His dad. Uh, two grand slams in the same inning. In the same inning. That guy. I'm like, just oh. get out of L.A. You're, you're done. Okay, good. You proved a point. Yeah. You can hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and if I remember right, his dad wasn't a big power bat either. He was for about a season and a half. And okay. that was about it. And for some reason, he had all the potential in the world like his son does. But he just he, – uh, he also hit behind – either hit behind, hit behind McGuire. So yeah. he always got to see certain pitches. And it's really it's really nice when they're walking the guy in front of you to pitch yeah. to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah. Okay, so tell me, what ballparks have you been to? Uh, I've been to all the SoCal parks. I've been to Petco Park, Anaheim, and to Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium only twice, and the only place I saw a playoff game. <laughs> So many jokes. Um, Any other places? Have you been out of of SoCal? Uh, Not MLB. I've seen a couple spring training games, minor leagues, college games, but nothing in the MLB. I want to eventually see everything. I want to get to all 30 parks, but. Okay. So what's your favorite ballpark that you've been to so far? Uh, It's got to be Petco Park. I'm. I'm totally biased, but to be as unbiased as possible, it's just doesn't matter. Yeah. Amazingly designed. I love the history, especially with the Western Metal Supply Building and left field, uh, the park in the park. It's just, it's definitely my haven. I love to go. It, I actually like the park. I, I like Dodger Stadium. That's my, my jam. Um, the park I like better than Anaheim Stadium. I know Anaheim Stadium better because I attend 15 games a season in Anaheim because I'm close to the stadium. Um, my office is on the same street as the stadium. It's like a mile and a half away. So, 
Um, but Petco, I really, really like Petco um, Park. Oh, yeah. And so um, that's that's awesome. So, okay, so you bucket list is to see them all. But let's say that you had unlimited resources this season, whether it happens or what we know. You have unlimited resources, and you can only go to five stadiums. What's on your five stadium bucket list if you could only go to five stadiums first? Uh, five stadiums. Uh, just off of the look, I would definitely put PNC where Pittsburgh plays. Okay. And yep. Camden yep. Yards yep. with Baltimore. Uh, yep. Both stadiums are just amazing. They look yep. amazing. And then for the last three, I would have to pick classics like Wrigley. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I still have uh, PTSD from the 1998 World Series, but I have to say Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. Okay. Even though I'm not a fan of the Yankees. Yep. And then the last one would definitely be Fenway. Fenway. Uh, and if I have unlimited resources, that's where I would be taking my dad because he grew up on the East Coast and he grew up a Red Sox fan. So that would be the cool father son field of dreams moment. I, you nailed it. I would, those are the stadiums that if I were bucket listing, now I've visited New Yankee Stadium. Um, I was there when they were tearing down the old Yankee Stadium so I could still see it up. Uh, I've been to Fenway. I've been outside of Wrigley. I haven't been to PNC. Um, uh, One of the neat stadiums that was old is I was in Old Tiger Stadium. I saw a game at Old Tiger Stadium in 1998, and it was Definitely an old stadium that needed to be replaced. Yeah. Definitely an old stadium. Sorry, Tigers fans are listening to this, my bad. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Those are, that's a good bucket list right there. Uh, oh, another yeah. one that I would tell you put on the bucket list just for sheer curiosity is the, the Trot, Tropicana Field. Um, it is the weirdest dome field because it's white dome. And so if you go to a day game, you'll see the outfielders like looking up, losing the ball. Oh, they wow. can't figure out where the ball's at. And yeah. it's it's comical. <laughs> so yeah. unfortunately they put the trop on the wrong side of the bay down in Tampa. They did. They did. So. They did. And so uh, one of my bucket lists is Coors Field. Oh, I want to okay. see it. Yeah, I want to see a game there. So nice. um, okay, so we're kind of nearing. I mean, I love the fact that you're a Padres fan. We're, by the way, we need to have you on when we kind of do the best of the West as the season gets back on. And, and we'll, you know, get a Dodgers fan on besides for me. And we'll get, you know, we'll get a Giants fan on and whatnot. But um, so tell me a couple of things that you're looking forward to. If we have a season this season, I'm hoping that we yeah. do. But if we have a season this season, what are you looking forward to? What are a couple of things you're looking forward to? Yeah, well, first off, I'm hoping we have a season. You'll be both. Yeah. Uh, sec- uh, as a Padre fan, they definitely had a really bad rut right at the end. After the All-Star break, they just seemed to fall apart. The Padres had the most All-Stars in the All-Star game last year, and then they didn't even finish over 500. So as a team that's made it very clear that they're in to compete, that is not okay. So I'm hoping that next year they will come out and they will be the team that Padre fans and Padre ownership is expecting, a competitive playoff team. Uh, Out of baseball in general, 
uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the universal DH could do for us. And yes, I kind of go back and forth on the whole shift uh, talks that are going on right now, whether banning the shift or not. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, it might be okay. Other times I'm like, no, that's just hokey. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, we, over the last few years, we've seen the game grow for a long time. The game has been slumping and younger fans haven't been latching on, but with young players like Tatis, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and especially Otani, we've seen the game finally begin to grow again. And as a baseball fan, it was always hard to hear that baseball was dying out. And now I no longer fear that. I think that baseball is in the upswing. I think it's growing and it has potential to get back to being America's pastime again. But a lockout is the worst thing that can happen. Brand new fans, they'll just move on to football. They'll move on to basketball because a lockout, they don't care. Yeah. And honestly, the, the thing that concerns me about, and I, I said this to a number of people, um, you know, people that you know, people that, that, that you haven't met yet. I've said two things. First about the shift. I've always thought I hate the rover. I've always thought if you made it to the outfield, you should get on. But I don't care if you want to shift the entire outfield and infield on, but everybody needs to be able to touch with their spikes the dirt. I don't care. You know, I, I'm okay with the shift. It's just, you know, you got to be able to touch dirt. This rover thing, eh, yeah. right? Because then you can have a guy basically sticking his rear end on the wall, playing right field, and a guy 20 feet in front of him getting a ground ball that should have been a base hit, throwing the yeah. guy out first base. I don't know if you saw there. it, but in the 2020 season in Rangers in the Rangers' new stadium, uh, Manny Machado caught a pop fly in deep right field. Yep. Like, what's yep. a third baseman doing out there? So, yep. That's that's my point. Yeah. And then the second thing is, I think for the MLB's brand, I agree with you. I think MLB's on an upswing, but it it's at a weird pivotal spot. Depends on how much many more games are canceled. Because I know people that have already said one game's been canceled. I'm not going all season. Um, I've had a number of people tell me that actually, um, but. My thing with the branding is you had no fans in the stands in 2020. Okay. First time we've ever had that. 2021, you had no fans in the stands for a portion of the season. Then you had to prove your vaccination card. And it was just awkward. And people were still awkward. We're coming out of that. I wish that the MLB and the MLBPA would have said privately, let's work on this during the 2021 or the 2022 and the 2023 season and 2024 was when it will go into play. Let's give the fans something to cheer about coming out of, out of COVID. Let's just work on this over the next two years and get it right. Instead, you know, I, I read today that, that the MLB thought that the MLBPA's newest offer was a step back and that they're prepared to cancel up to a month of the, the, the season mm. which yeah. again as a Padres fan and as a Dodger fan that sucks because we're going to meet in the first month of the season yeah right and some of these schedules like the Angels uh they end up you know losing a couple of games against teams that are probably going to be sub 500 where teams like the um uh, uh 
Oakland A's won't lose those sub 500 teams. Um, and so it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. I wish we would have done it. Yeah. It's, it's a shame as a Padres fan because with this season and then the 2020 shortened season, we lost two years of prime Tatis mm-hmm. or two full years, I should say. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking. And then you can just make that for every team. Every team's losing out on two good years of their young players. You mentioned Mike Trout. Mike Trout, 2020 shortened season, 2021, a freak injury that pretty much ended his season. Well, it did end his season. And now you're going to cut out two series and possibly a month. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about losing pretty much two full seasons for Mike. Yeah. It's just an absolute. Right in his prime. Yeah. yeah. And so. I absolutely think Mike Trout's going to make Hall of Fame, but this loss of games is going to affect his numbers in the very end. Yeah, it will be. It Whether will be. it's a small amount or a big amount, I still think he's going to make it no matter what. But looking back in the history years from now, it's going to be like, I, he could have hit more home runs, I think. <laughs> well, he was on pace to, he was on pace to at least hit 600, but possibly 700. I don't know yeah. if he would have gotten to seven, uh, 763, but. He was definitely on a good pace. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. On, on a lighter side of it, I saw a, uh, some funny stuff on social media, and it's basically saying that whenever the Dodgers host the All Star game, MLB is cursed. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's going on here. Rough crowd. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Ooh, this guy. This guy's attacking me. First time in the clubhouse. Top fans, <laughs> and he's coming after me. I love it. I love uh, it. As, as a Padre that, fan, you got to come yeah. back in the clubhouse sometime and Alrighty. have more conversations with us. I'm just glad the Padres are finally competitive because it's always I've always had to keep my mouth shut around Dodger fans, but finally I can open my mouth again. Well, to be honest with you, and this is I, I wouldn't you know there's no reason to lie about this. I like it when you're competitive. I like it when the Giants are competitive, um, because it it feels like it's a three team race. Yes, and you know, the Giants weren't supposed to be competitive last season. I think that was kind of a fluke. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was it was the Padres and Dodgers in 2020. And you guys have so much young talent on that that squad. And some of your pitching, your pitching is amazing, right? I mean, we've kept up with you toe-to-toe on young pitchers and things like that with Walker Beeler and Urias and, and May. But I love it when you guys are good. Because it's not fun when you win 100 games and you're looking behind you and the next closest team is 187. Yeah, yeah. Not fun. The <coughs> Padre-Dodger rivalry that I think for most casual observers, they'd never thought about. And most of my life, if you ask a Dodger fan who their rival is, it's the Giants. And if any Padre fan, you ask what team is their rival, it's always going to be the Dodgers. Yeah. And... I think a Dodger Padre rivalry is so good for baseball. It's almost like a West Coast Boston and New York. You know, I, I was talking with somebody offline, and I'm not going to mention the teams that I mentioned because I don't want to offend. But it's good for baseball when teams like the Dodgers and the Padres are in the play- playoffs. It's good for baseball when the Yankees and Red Sox are in the playoffs, Cardinals are in the playoffs. Uh, Cubs are in the playoffs, teams that have history, even the Tigers. But um, the Padres are 
most people don't understand how big San Diego really is. And it's not a small market, right? It's not, it's not a, a Denver, uh, you know, where it's not a, you know, as much of a baseball town or Kansas City. Although Kansas City's got some great history in baseball too, but it's not a small market. It's a huge marketplace. The stadium's gorgeous. They've done a great job with it. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with it. So I agree with you. It's good for baseball when the Padres are right there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, selfishly, I hope that they finish a half a game behind the Dodgers every season. But, <laughs> I mean, now with the new playoff thing, it's, uh, I mean, just about everybody's going to make it in anyway. So, yeah, the rest get participation trophies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the thing that I heard about that playoff thing, you know, you're talking about 12 teams now between both leagues. And then the wild card team, what was I reading about? The wild card team plays like the lower, this was one of the proposals that may not even work right now, but it's like one of the lower, the, the lower person with the lowest record. And yeah. then the, the team with the highest record gets to pick who they want to play, gets to pick who they want to play. So imagine if you're the Padres and you win the wild card round and the Cardinals say, we want to play the Padres. Like you guys are like, okay, let's go boys. Yeah. Oh yeah. You picked us. Okay. We'll see about that. <laughs> and it just, um, it just doesn't, it's just crazy. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I definitely, I think I have more of an outlier, uh, opinion on playoffs. I think the MLB should do away with divisions entirely and do just conference and top six teams go. It doesn't matter if, and I would split conference by West and East. And if it's five California teams and then and then one more team in the Western Conference that go, the best teams go no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's no fun in the current state when I don't, I can't think of an exact example off the top of my head, but let's say Dodgers, Padres, and Giants all had playoff, rec playoff records by the end of a season. Yeah. Two of those teams will face in the wild card and then one is out. And then teams with worse records will be in the playoffs. So I think it should be the top six in each league go. Which is what you saw this last year. The Cardinals limped into the playoffs in a one-game playoff, and the Dodgers had 105 wins or 106 wins. And, you know, I'm going to invite you back on, too, when we talk about Hall of Fame things because there's there's um, some some talk. My buddies and I have some talk about – certain things that you may never see again because the game's changed so much. You may never see somebody hit 600 home runs again. You may never see another pitcher get 300 wins the way that the, but we'll talk about that later. So Nick, have you enjoyed yourself in the clubhouse for the first time? Oh yeah. It's been great. Right. Uh, I was kind of nervous getting to chat with a Dodger fan, but. <laughs> Everybody says that. Don't yeah. worry. I don't bite. I don't believe <laughs> Dodger blue on you. Um, <laughs> You know, we, we may have to have a small wager offline, you know, and if the Dodgers win versus the Giants or but versus the Potters, you might have to wear like Dodger blue or something. Ooh. But uh, that's anyways. a high bet for me. <laughs> there you go. Well, top fans, it's been a pleasure listening to, to Nick. This will be up this week. Listen to it. Feel free to make comments on the site. Again, go um, go to the top fan team store. There's going to be some stuff that's going to be coming out here soon. Um, with uh, 
uh, with some stuff that we're going to try to do from a charity perspective. But go to the team site as it is. Use the promo code THROW. Um, get yourself 10% off the hat. Uh, more items will be coming on soon. So, Nick, I appreciate you uh, being in the clubhouse with us. And uh, we'll have you back soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You bet.